This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold, Odyssey's Vikings podcast. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here. Now a couple days removed from Minnesota's impressive 23-7 win over Green Bay. We're on to week two, kind of, sort of. We're still going to touch on some week one here. Uh, But Dane, like two days later, obviously now we just come off Mondays. A little bit of availability as Kevin O'Connell talked at length. Where are you at in terms of like uh, digesting Sunday's victory and then and then kind of processing what was said on Monday? Yeah, I think after the game on Sunday, it was easy to walk away from that feeling like, wow, this could be a really special season. Like, what is the potential of this team? How high is the ceiling? And, and, and I think having two days to digest it, you're still feeling the same thing. And, and I think you look across the league and there weren't many impressive victories. There weren't many victories that were as impressive as what the Vikings did against the Packers on Sunday. So I think in that moment after the game on Sunday, when we're talking about how good Justin Jefferson was, how comfortable Kirk Cousins looked, how dominant the defense was at times, um, singularly in that moment, it, it was understandable to walk away from that feeling excited uh, but then when you take a step back and you look at the league as a whole, uh, I think you can even almost feel even more excited of what's to come. Um, because I don't know about you, but like I- I'm just going through the games from week one. There aren't many victories that stand out above what the Vikings did on Sunday. Yeah, and so I think everybody walks out of week one oftentimes thinking if your team won, they're great. If your team lost, they stink. Uh, and and that feeling sits with you for two or three days, and then you start looking ahead to the next game and and thinking more about that than anything else. But as we do look back on week one, um, it is true. Some of the teams that lost will stink, and some of the teams that won will be great, but also the opposite will be true for some of these teams as well. Uh, but just looking at it as a whole of, okay, what did we see? What maybe might, might carry over? What was the most impressive, giving the total sum of the performance, factoring an opponent? Um I think Minnesota's did stack up pretty well. And so we did a little exercise. We looked at other wins um, that teams put together. And as I did my list, I put Minnesota's second. I gave them the second most impressive performance of the week. Um, and go ahead. We yeah, I put them I put them second too. And I think oh, we probably agree on on one, right? I would think so. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. On we'll just say it on three. Okay. One, two, three, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, okay. Yep. I mean, I think just going into LA against the Super Bowl champ, we do rarely see the Super Bowl champ lose on opening night. Um, and we certainly did not and the Rams were not only beaten but throttled. Um, and I still think the Rams are a good team, and we'll talk a little bit about the NFC in segment three. Uh, but Buffalo looked head and shoulders a better better than LA in so many different ways in LA, just giving it to them on a night that's supposed to be all about the Rams. Josh Allen, how great he looked. Yeah, that was more impressive than what Minnesota did. Like, I mean, that was <laughs> it was it was going to be tough for anybody to top that, frankly. Uh, but I mean, LA, I think, is still a superior opponent to Green Bay. Uh, you know, Buffalo had to do it on the road, or Minnesota did it at home. But I did put Minnesota too. Um, there were other impressive wins in the NFL this week. Like my other top five, I did put the Giants at number five because going into Tennessee, which was the one seed in the AFC last year, it wasn't like a beginning to end dominance for the Giants. They were behind. They made some plays late. 
Um, so that, you know, I kind of downgraded a little bit for that. It wasn't total dominance. But then what the Chiefs did against Arizona, what Tampa did against Dallas, like those were obliterations against um, playoff teams from a year ago. So those both impressed me as well. Uh, but Minnesota against a Green Bay team that was the number one seed in the NFC last year and really handling them from start to finish. I think that is not like only did Minnesota win, not only did they beat Green Bay, but just the totality of their performance for me was like, okay, that is one of the more impressive things I saw across the board. Yeah, I had the Chiefs up there and obviously the Bucks as well as far as impressive wins go. Uh, but I think when when you walk away from week one, regardless of how impressive we feel like the Vikings win was compared to any others, we both agree it was it was probably the second most impressive win in the NFL this week. I think we learned the most from the Vikings, though. And we'll talk a little bit about this in segment two. Like, there are things that it, it's not all optimistic. There, there's things we got to look at that maybe week one – won't necessarily translate to week two, three, four, five, six, whatever. But I think we did learn a lot from the Vikings this week. There was a lot of unknowns. And I think if we're just ranking as far as where did we learn, who did we learn the most from, or, you know, what do we walk away from week one feeling like, okay, we, we understand this a little more than, than heading into week one. We knew what the chiefs were all about. We knew what the bucks were all about. We knew what the bills were all about. Uh, I don't think many people knew what the Vikings were capable of. And I think now you can kind of see it. Um, so yeah, impressive all around. Um, I, I felt that way Sunday. I felt that way Monday watching that cluster of a game. And then I felt, I feel that way waking up Tuesday too. Um, We'll see if the Vikings can keep it rolling, but there, there's there's certainly reason for optimism here. Yeah, I think we learned a lot about not only the Vikings as a team, but Kevin O'Connell. Like they won the preparation part um, of Week One, which I think is pretty big because some teams just don't look prepared. Um, they don't look mm -hmm. like they, whether that be for situational, whether that just be look every side of the ball. Like, did you come ready to play that day? Did you come ready to handle any situation that's going to pop up? I think Minnesota did in more way, far more ways than not. Um, so in that way, like Kevin O'Connell got a great grade in week one. And we'll talk about that um, in segment three, kind of where he ranked among new coaches uh, taking over new teams here in the NFL. Uh, but now, like now the next test is already kind of coming up in some way, shape or form. And this is a different test for Kevin O'Connell and that now you're transitioning. Okay. Like you had a great performance um, and you like, that was a big statement made. But it only means one win. Uh, and now you have to move forward. And now we're going to see, like, okay, how do you get this team to move past that and be just as ready and just as good and just as prepared, if not more so, um, now going on the road against the playoff team in Philadelphia. So, like, you know, it, it's almost like the transition starting to take place when Kevin O'Connell steps up to that media podium on Monday. Um, I, I kind of feel like that is more so the transition of, okay, yes, we'll look a little bit back on this, and now we move forward. Uh I don't know, like, generally, sometimes I watch Kevin O'Connell's availabilities. Sometimes I, you know, just read them or whatever. I pulled up his transcript last night from Monday. Oh, my God. The first thing listed is Kevin O'Connell's opening statement. It didn't fit on my cell phone screen. It was a thousand words long, it, Jace. It, it, was, blew, it was a true filibuster. It blew off my screen. I had to scroll to the next page. Uh, it was all like, it, the, so he just starts before any questions. And he talked about everything. 
I mean, literally <laughs> everything. But here's what I liked about it. I was like, how do you possibly say this much? He gave every single player it looked like who played well <laughs> in that game got a nod. You know, like it was like a great job by this guy or at least this unit. Uh, good job by these guys. They really battled. These guys were great. This guy did good. And which, you know, I was like, sure, whatever. And then what really impressed me is he got to the special teams. And he started listing off players. He goes, Chris he like- Boyd, Brian Asamoa, Josh Metellus, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones. Shout outs. Great. To, like, these guys really popped on film. It's like, oh, my goodness. Um, And I loved it. I think, like, yeah, just keep the good vibes rolling. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get – like too fat and happy. I don't think for week two, it's a, Hey, I saw the work you put in and we're going to describe this as a total team effort. And it was, so I'm going to recognize it from an individual basis of like, yeah, like a lot of people will probably miss your contributions. I didn't. Um, I thought they were great. Keep it up. We need more of that from you. Like when you acknowledge guys in the media, I think a lot of guys do see that. And maybe we don't factor it in enough of like guys feel like they're getting their props. Uh, he gave them all their props, and I think that is motivation. And it's like, okay, coach sees what I'm doing. I'm going to keep it going. So I actually like. Well, at first I looked at that, and my first thought was the Twitter meme of like, I'm not going to read all that, uh, you know, like, but I'm happy for you or sorry that happened to you. Uh, I did end up reading it, and I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, Chase, it was it was cool for those of you that didn't have to transcribe it all. <laughs> like that yeah. took like an hour to transcribe his opening statement. Um, but you look at what he, 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 he does. And I think we touched on it a little bit on Sunday, like just enjoying a win, having others enjoy the win, even when, when, when they would win games under Mike Zimmer, like he never seemed extremely happy. And he certainly didn't give credit to all these, these people. And look, is that going to be Kevin O'Connell's thing every week? I don't know. Like, I'm sure at some point, like there's probably a little bit of like, what do I say on a post-game press conference? You know, what do I say Monday morning? Like, who do I give credit to? Maybe, maybe that those things will, will iron themselves out as as time progresses. Maybe he he won't be giving credit to the 52nd man on the roster because they they were involved in a tackle. You know, in the in the second quarter. But I, I think you're onto something when 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 you say like, I think guys appreciate that, and I think players. You know, Josh Metellus, I'm not sure anyone's ever said his name in 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 the in a press conference. And to be fair, he only said Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he said so Josh... his first name said, but you know, I but you know, Metellus was in parentheses in the transcript. Yeah, we, we knew it was Josh Metellus. <laughs> and, and and Josh Metellus knew it was Josh Metellus. But you no, know, as as much as Kevin O'Connell's long-windedness is gonna become kind of a punchline, it, it kind of already has. Like I do think players appreciate that like or just like the the small recognition and so like that was definitely something that stood out from yesterday how could it not it was literally 806 words long i just counted um <laughs> but uh, beyond that i think when we we dive into kind of the nitty-gritty of what he actually said yesterday once his opening statement is done once he's answering questions from from reporters you look at a guy like kevin o'connell and while there's still a lot of question marks, like how can he push this impressive win forward into, into next week and the week beyond, like you look at what he said yesterday or listen to what he said yesterday. A lot of it was digesting the win and celebrating the win, but also like some self-reflection of 
he said time and time again yesterday, like, I could have been better in this facet. I could have been better in this facet. I think one of the most interesting things he said yesterday, uh, you know, on Monday afternoon was asked about offensive coordinator Wes Phillips being in the booth and how much that helped him. Kevin O'Connell talked about how, yes, that's great that, that I have a familiarity with Wes, but I need to do better being in position when the defense is on the field and, and digesting all of it that way saying, I need to trust my coaching staff. I can't talk to Kirk and Wes for, for 10 minutes and, and, and try and go over that entire offensive possession ad nauseum. I need to trust that the offensive staff is going to do that. And I need to get better at just paying attention, honing in on the defense and, and, you know, kind of picking your spots that way. I think those moments of self-reflection are, are what kind of makes Kevin O'Connell something or someone that, that you can see like, okay, he really has potential as a coach because he's not just focused on one facet of the game. He, he really understands kind of the whole encompassing picture. Um, and I think he's going to continue to get better at that. Um, especially with the self-awareness knowing like I need to get better at that. Yeah. And I do think that's important. It's transition from when you go from like offensive coordinator um, to, to like a head coach uh, where he mentioned like, you know, Hey, do we need a timeout or something? Like if you can tell pre-play that your defense is scrambling, like guys are communicating like that, that there's, some confusion as to like certain assignments or scheme or whatever on that given play or how to defend something or line up, then you need to use a timeout and you can't do that. If you're over like discussing what happened on the last offensive possession and that can lead to a touchdown or whatever. Um, but that's a learning process in game one. You wouldn't expect that to be perfect. And there were no glaring issues there. And that's a good thing. I think when it's one thing to be accountable, when everybody knows you screwed up and we all saw it um, and you're going to get asked about it. And then it's another thing to be accountable when, Hey, maybe everybody didn't notice this, but you kind of know it in your heart of hearts. Like I could have been better here um, and I'm going to work on improving it. So I think in general, like Kevin O'Connell seems like pretty humble, like, but enjoys the moment. Um, you know, speaks ad nauseum about anything. You 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 mentioned uh, Mike Zimmer and like the, the lack of enjoyment or maybe celebration or it was almost like every Monday, even on wins, there's a little bit more nitpicking. Like, it was like a roll call of players. Like, how'd he do? Oh, he could have been better. How'd he do? Ah, oh, he was pretty good. How'd he do? Oh, I didn't like that. Uh, I think sometimes, like, especially with players now, like, if you do get them to buy in and they're doing everything you want them to do um, and they're delivering on Sundays, like, just allow them to enjoy it. Like, it's it's hard enough to, like, be as fo lo focused, locked in, all these things uh, for all week. Like, you don't have to tear them down then once they did their job to a large degree. Uh, I, I even see that with like Mike Tomlin, you know, like Pittsburgh beats Cincinnati and Mike Tomlin's in players, like social media videos dancing afterwards. And this yeah. is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I mean, and he's going to hold everybody as accountable as any other coaches in the NFL, but like, Hey, your guys won celebrate, have fun with them. Um, make, make life enjoyable and be like, okay, we put in the hard work. We did that. Now let's enjoy the fun of this because it is supposed to be that at the end. So like, I think in general, like, yes, what he said yesterday, taking accountability, the way he celebrated it. Like, I think the positive vibes only continue on the Kevin O'Connell train right now.